Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor, and welcome to Sleep Success, my new health and wellness podcast, where I'm going to share 23 years of expertise working with people to overcome their challenges at night. During these stressful times, we're all experiencing new forms of disruption and difficulties. So I'm here to help you rest easier so you can live better and attain sleep success. On this episode, I'll be joined by one of the biggest entertainers in the world and pioneers in EDM, Steve Aoki, as he shares the secrets behind not only how he functions with little sleep, but has built an empire around it and learned how to make an insane schedule work for him. But first, let's jump into the wake-up call. The Wake Up Call is where I discuss an important sleep story in the news. And right now, there's nothing more top of mind for everyone than COVID-19 and its various impacts on all of us. With that in mind, a story out of England caught my eye. According to The Guardian, the Mill Pond Sleep Clinic in London says that they're getting a 30% rise in inquiries from parents of kids between the ages of 5 and 13. Now, I have kids who are 16 and 18, but let me tell you something. All children are having difficulty sleeping right now. There's a few different reasons why this is, but the biggest one has to do with fear of the unknown. Almost no child has ever been prepared for something like a pandemic to occur. So number one, be sure to educate your children and let them know and understand what their safety risks are and what their risks aren't. Number two, maintain an appropriate bedtime, but more importantly, wake them up on time. I know it might be summer where you are or they might not be in school, but remember something, having a consistent wake up time will be incredibly helpful for kids. Also, you really want to curb electronics at night if you possibly can. Um, If you can't pry the, the joystick out of your child's hand, then maybe consider blue light blocking glasses. I use those for both of my children and they work quite well at lowering that blue light stimulus that can be so difficult late in the evenings. Then finally, the biggest thing that you really want to think about here is slowing them down before bed. Most kids have a tendency to just do something, do something, do something, and then fall asleep. Really, it's better to give them a little bit of runway there to allow them to have a little time to relax before bed. So just like when they were very small and you had bath time and you had story time, giving them a little bit of room to move is going to be great for their sleep. And if I could pick one final thing, remember, check in with your kids and find out if they're okay. A lot of kids, especially the younger ones, have got a lot of fear going on right now. And it's critical, critical, critical for you to check in with them and see how they're doing. And that's the wake-up call. Now it's time for an awesome sleep story from an EDM megastar. Here's my conversation with my good friend, Steve Aoki. Today's sleep story comes from one of the biggest influencers and entertainers in music. A true performer and entertainer, he's been at the forefront of ushering in EDM into the mainstream, helping transform that genre of music into a multi-billion dollar global industry. Yes, he's my friend. Yes, it is Steve Aoki. But if you haven't heard of EDM before, let me just tell you, it's electronic dance music. And he's collaborated with an incredible range of honestly some of the biggest talents in music, from Little John to the Backstreet Boys to Iggy Azalea. He's also a relentless traveler who makes a living at night, so I'm fascinated to delve into his sleep story today. Steve Aoki, thank you so much for joining me. Man, I'm happy to be here with you, Michael. 
All right. So let's talk a little bit about your sleep. Maybe let's start out a little bit back in the day. So I know you attended, um, you went to UC Santa Barbara, and that's where a lot of your music and all of that, that energy that you always have seems to have come from. What was your sleep like in college? Oh, God. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's like, I got to transplant my brain back in that time. Um, well, I mean, I, I feel like, especially now, like during quarantine, I'm like way more chill. So like going back then, it's like, I was, I feel like three times busier than now, but also I would say even busier then, than when I was, when I was touring. Oh, really? Cause touring is like, it's, it's busy, but it's a different kind of busy. Cause you spend so much time flying, you know, and, and, um, you know, when you, when you touch down on the ground, you're, you're like dealing with the jet lag or time zone issues. And that eats up a lot of your, your day of dealing with that. But when I was in college, you know, and of course we'll get into that. We're definitely going to get into that. Cause that's like the, that's where the meat and potatoes are. But, <laughs> but like in college, it's, it's like, you're, you're figuring stuff out. So for me, Steve Aoki, the personality of Steve Aoki is is definitely let's fill the bandwidth a hundred and ten out of a hundred. You know, like so I you know I had two jobs when I was in college. I was double major in in academic. So did sleep even enter into the equation for you, or was it no, kind of no, an afterthought? Not. Complete afterthought. Um, and then I was in bands, and I was putting on shows in my living room, and I was very involved in the hardcore music scene, um, like writing and doing reviews and being in a band and all that good stuff. But then I was very involved in my academic life. I was in student politics, you know, like uh, involved in campus and a bunch of different clubs there. So when you, when you were so busy on campus and you were doing shows at night and classes during the day, or at least some classes during the day, yeah. um, you know, when did you decide, Hey, this is my, when I want to be in music. This is my universe. And question number two, was it the lifestyle that attracted you or was it the music or both? I, I think it's definitely both. Um, even as a kid in high school, I, I really try to stay very, very busy too um, with music, like my music uh, extracurricular activities, like going to shows, being in a band, that kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, school was school. But like when you go to college, school becomes more important to, to you then you know high school it's like you hate school you know at least for me it's like i hated school i like didn't didn't like i did, wanted to breeze through as fast as possible when i when i finally got into the swing of, of college i started you know once i once i figured out what my major was and i started applying myself started having like a relationship with my professors and having like real conversations where i can actually use my brain in a way where i'm like being creative or like you know contributing i guess that's the big word is like the contribution actually was valuable did you find that there were certain courses maybe the more creative courses where that was tended to be your focus as opposed to the other ones because to me it sounds like you've been kind of training yourself to be without sleep like literally since you since you were in high school dude oh yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean that's the thing it's like what like the way i see it is that once i saw that like my my contributions were valuable in each different world that I was in, then I realized how much work I needed to do. And, and one thing that had to, you know, be sacrificed was sleep. 
Now looking at it as an adult, as an accomplished artist, did that did that make a lot of sense for you to do it then? Number one, and then number two, do you think you could have done it any differently? Uh, if I go back in time, there's no, I could not find a way I could have done all that. There's no way. There's no possible way. And and I I you know I, I wasn't really a fan of sleep. I just felt like it was wasting my time for sure. Now, didn't you write and, a book uh, about sleep? Kinda. Didn't you write a book that said, I'll sleep when I'm dead? Oh, no, that was your movie. <laughs> that's my documentary. That's yeah, your yeah, movie, that's dude. My, you yeah, have a movie. documentary. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, listen, like when you're in a position where you you need to grind to figure things out, you need like once I realized that like my voice actually had value, that the work that I put out there had some sort of value to whatever small community I was part of. Then I felt like, you know, if I don't put in the work, I won't be able to build like whatever, wherever I want to go, you know, and it wasn't about like money. Like I need to make this amount of money. It's more about like, um, you know, getting to the next level, like, you know, applying to school to get to and get into the school, you know, or, or, uh, being in a band to be able to play the show where you can actually bring in real ticket sales. So they'll book you, you know, or, or have like a, a party that, you know, I was throwing at the time in my house where people would end up going to mine versus like the f- thousands of others there are. Cause I lived in Isla Vista, the biggest, it's like literally iconically one of the biggest party schools in, in the United States. You see Santa Barbara, Isla Vista is a small town where every single house is filled with students and they're all <laughs> like, they're all like, so excited to be outside their parents' homes. And they're like, sweet, let's experiment on life. Like, you know, whatever it might be, like however way they might do that. Um, so yeah, I just like, you have, you have to put in all that work. So did, so did you, would you say that during that period of time, you almost flip-flopped? Like, were you almost sleeping during the day and then creative and, and performing at night? Or was it such a little amount of sleep? How much sleep did you get back then? Um, I mean, I, I learned the the nap, the nap (laughs) schedules. I mean, I still like, you know, especially with, with touring, like nap life is so crucial. Oh my God. It's like, if I didn't have, if I didn't take time to take these little naps, I don't know if I would have survived through my rigorous tour schedule alone, let alone college. Because, you know, just like when you study for exam, like you just, you know, you do what you can, you drink lots of coffee. I never did like Ritalin or Adderall. I never got into those drugs. Um, I, but I drink tons of tea and coffee. Um, and yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, you ask any college student, they're doing sleepless nights when they have no choice. You have, even, even if you're, if you don't procrastinate and you just, and you, and and you like cram it all in on the weekend before the exam or like, you know, last two days, you still need to study like, like hardcore, you know? Totally. So, so from a napping perspective, is there, are there certain kinds of naps that work better for you? Like shorter versus longer? Do you do the nap latte thing where you drink the coffee before and then do the nap? Like tell us, tell us some of your napping strategy. I'm sure people would love to adopt them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's trial and error for sure. You know, it's clear, like the longer you nap, at least for me, the longer I nap, the more groggy and like harder I am to get out of that fog. You know, but I mean, it is, it is like a, like, you know, okay, I, I, I've learned this more from you being more disciplined on like, okay, 
wake only sleep exactly this amount of time when i was in college and and especially during like you know uh touring it's it's like i i have like three hours and i just i, I if i sleep the whole three hours I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be messed up so i need to just like try to do i i generally i like to do like underneath 45 minutes preferably you know and then if i wake up and i'm, I'm like alert i it's like so much better than drinking um like three shots of espresso or whatever it is because you get all like wiggy and you get all weird when you just fight through and not take the nap and and you're just like you're shaking in class and then like you're agitated and you're you know you get like you get you get hangry or whatever you get you know you get like really agitated so the the nap is so so crucial yeah it sounds like it's critical now i did some i did some digging on you and it turns out that I believe that you have a Guinness Book of World's Records record. Is that correct? On yeah, I've I have a few. I've I think four or five, but like the the one that's pretty exciting is I think the one that you're probably talking about is being the most traveled artist in one calendar year. Yeah, 168 shows in 41 countries across not just DJs, across all artists. Is that correct? Okay, here's here's the truth of that though. <laughs> Okay, so when we submitted um, our calendar, yeah, they only accepted what was from one website that they adjudicated, which was I think Bands in Town, uh, or one of those websites. The, the the truth of the matter is, I actually did, um, I think forty percent more than that. What? Yeah, so we did. I I mean, I've done three hundred shows in one calendar year. I've done that a few for a few years. So like, like, but when I was touring around the world and, and like, and, and gathering up all the, all the miles, then it was probably closer to 250. But, but, um, I've broken that record, like, you know, double, uh, but, but they, they said like, either take this or don't take it because we had, we could only take it from this, but they couldn't believe their eyes when they heard, or, you know, when they saw the information, because we were like, actually, this is, we have all these other shows that are, that are like, you know, factual, that we have all like the data and information. Because, I mean, with Guinness, the adjudicating is like on another level. Like when I got the other, other um, <laughs> awards, like the adjudicators on stage, he was, he was listening for the longest crowd cheers, listening for anything but cheer. And that stops the, the, the clock. So walk us through your insane travel, because I think there's a lot of people out there who can travel, not to your level, but who can travel, who might be able to learn from you. So, I mean, you're on the road all the time. Give us some insight. What does that look like for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a typical schedule when I'm on the road is, um, you know, I, I land in the city where I'm supposed to be at um, and we get in probably afternoonish. You generally afternoonish. Check in the hotel, get some food. So it's kind of like a like a early dinner, so to speak. Um, go if we have time. That's when we go sightseeing or like see the city. So we get a couple hours of that in before night falls, and then get some food. And then that's when I call it the witching hour. It's like right right after dinner. It's like this period of time where I'm like, generally just, I just get super tired. So like at nine until whenever I go on, I sleep, I take my nap then too. 
So I'll take like, if it's like, if I'm going to be out for five hours, I'll do like a three hour nap. Hopefully that'll be good enough. If it's short, I'll do like the underneath one hour, 45 minute nap. So it depends on when I play, but I like sometimes like in Ibiza, I, I don't even start till three 30 in the morning. So if it's like that, that I can get like almost a full night's sleep before I even go on, honestly. So, um, and then like, you know, if I have time before, which I generally do, I, I, I wake up and if I still have like an hour and a half, then I do a workout. I get the blood pumping, get like a little bit more food in me. And then I hit the show. And then, and then like, I'm still riding on adrenaline after the show. So the show is done by like five, six in the morning. So, I mean, sometimes we just, I just stay up until I get on the flight. Do you have a certain way that you can fall asleep on an airplane really well? Do you use an eye mask? Like, give us some insight into like Steve Aoki's private little sleep universe when he's on the road. What does that look like? Okay, so uh, essentials are an eye mask, and I, I get a very specific kind that doesn't f- like, well, like, you know, you have like the, your traditional eye mask, right. which is flat, kind of flappy right? and crappy. It's, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, they can be soft, but like, even like the nice silky ones aren't the ones I choose. I prefer ones that are beveled out. They look like, like, like a bra. Yeah, like, exactly. It looks like a small bra. Yeah. So it doesn't like press against your eyeball. Exactly. I hate it when my eyelashes rub up against it. Like if yeah, I blink, I hate that. Drives yeah. me freaking bananas. So yeah, I, yeah, I almost, I call yeah. them eye cavities. They're like these little places for your eyeballs. Yeah. Right, right, right. So you have these like kind of like fly eye looking things that like stick out and, and they're pretty simple and they're like, they're not like, uh, they're not heavy. They're like super lightweight and they, they just literally bevel out and they cover your entire eye. And, um, so that's a must. Um, yes, I got, uh, I have, yeah, well, I have like custom earplugs for when I DJ. So if it's really loud, then I'll put those in and then I put my noise cancellation headphones on. But the headphones, I mean, I'm a DJ, so I'm always listening to music. So like <laughs> with my with my headphones, I I got my noise cancellation headphones. They're almost made specifically to just block out um, extraneous noise. It's really for sleeping. I literally use the headphones more for sleeping than for listening. That's it's fascinating. Kind of, so uh, so you as the music guy, you don't listen to music to fall asleep. You prefer silence. I pr- I use the headphones far more to just fall asleep with, with no, with like, no, like, you know, like it, if I'm going for a run or I'm exercising then I'll, then I'll have the headphones on for like a podcast or playlisting, whatever it might be. But when I'm on a plane, um, I've like, this is also trial and error too. You know, you try so many different things, but I just, I have my system down. I got my eye mask. I got my noise cancellation headphones and I bring this really obnoxious pillow uh, it's like really big and bulky and soft. I love it. And uh, I don't care how I look when I'm traveling to the <laughs> airport because right when I get on the plane, I just put it right on my, uh, right on the wall, right, you know, close the lines and boom, I just hit my head and like, I just, you know, it like, it just helps me knock out. So that's like a, a really, like those three things are really, really important. And I've tried all these different other like if I see some new tech coming in or, uh, you know, like I, I, I tried this one, like ostrich, I think it's like an ostrich. Oh like, yeah. That thing's ridiculous. I tried that. I've tried it all. I've literally slept. Like I've tried it all. Every, everyone that's been asked me or like I've learned from other people. Like I've, I've tried sleeping where you, you sleep like, so here's a chair and you, you go like this, like you sleep like this, you, 
put your knee. Oh, right, right, right. And then you just like <laughs> and then you put a you have a friend put a blanket over you. Right. And you're like moving like I've slept like this before in a chair. Um, because that way you can lean forward, right? Because when you're tired, you always want to lean your head forward or lean it back. How about but, jet um, lag? How how have you been able to deal with jet lag? Uh, jet lag is like uh, this is why I reached out to you in the first place. You know, like you know, like I know, yeah, a long time ago. Um, jet lag is something I've I've never really mastered, and I've I feel like I, sh I if if I'm the one to to if if I if, with all the experience, you think I I've mastered it at least in my in my mind because I've I try so many different techniques, but it's a tough one. Um, it's it's a the only way that I deal with jet lag is strictly by naps. Right now, you also I know have used supplements in the past okay that this this is like another 100 percent. like i can't travel without that <laughs> i literally like i took it last night i took it the night before i take it i i have like they're they're next to my bed the only thing next to my bed is that spray i swear to god my girlfriend lives and and dies by that like the, the last thing that we say to each other when we go to sleep is oh where's the sleep spray like we <laughs> we all we both need the sleep spray it's there's not nothing that works so well and and it's works in this calm way that like we're out and it's it's natural so like you know because i don't want to take any drugs to get me to sleep i just like and, I, and i've done the melatonin and stuff like that but like for some reason like whatever's in there that you've concocted <laughs> with all the good stuff it's just it's just puts us to bed it's incredible. Well, so first of all, thank you. So for folks out there who don't know what uh, Steve is talking about, he's talking about Sleep Doctor PM, which is my nighttime supplement. And this is not a paid advertisement, to be clear. 100% um, not a paid advertisement. I'm not getting paid for this at all. <laughs> um, I am not like a partner in this in any shape or form. I am, but I'm a massive advocate of it because it works so well. Thanks, brother. Appreciate yeah, you. It's great. It's really incredible. So got a couple of more questions for you just to kind of run down the mix. Um, one of the things that I'd love to know and understand more about is, um, are, do you have any specific things that you request when you travel in terms of hotel rooms? So as an example, when I travel, I like to be in the top highest hotel room because it's further from the street noise. I like to be over in the corner so I don't have any neighbors and I'm not near the elevator. Especially in New York City. There you go. So it's loud. It dude, is loud. It is loud in New York City. I guess it used to be louder. I don't know how loud it is. Yeah, right yeah. Not, I'm not not so much anymore. But you know, because I, I I had a small apartment there, and it's just it's so so loud. Yeah, it's it's, in, so it's insane there. So when you are going into hotel rooms, like one of the first things that I do, and this is just because I'm paranoid, is I check the alarm clock because some idiot has set the alarm for like four o'clock in the freaking morning. So like, that's one of my things. What do you, what do you do? Because you are the biggest traveler that I know. I mean, you travel more than anybody I've ever seen. So do you have some go-tos? Like, I love the fact that you bring your own pillow. That's key. I do the same thing. What other things do you do in the, in the hotel? Um, I mean, I, like the, the alarm clock for me, I, I, I don't think of it like that. I just think of it as like a light. It's a light I don't want in my room. So I usually throw a t-shirt over there. Like, so like that, that would be the easiest hack is to throw a shirt over it. Cause it's just like the only light in the room, generally speaking, you know, I mean, one of the most important things I do is just make sure that like all the blinds are closed before it's dark, you know, before like you, before you like pass out. Cause it's having like, even like 
some form of light, like just bothers me, you know? So let me ask you this, Steve, this is an interesting question. Not one I've ever actually asked you before. Uh, when did you start to notice that sleep had an effect on your performance? Because you're one of the longest standing DJs around. I mean, let's be honest, you've moved through your career. You're one of the older DJs for sure. I mean, clearly not the oldest. You're a young dude. I get it. But when did sleep kind of you notice that sleep started to have an impact on your ability to perform? And, and what did you when did it become so serious for you? I think it like there's a certain point where like you like, OK, so. I was touring in the early 2010s. So like, like 2010 to 2014 was when I was doing, uh, 300 to 250, 250, to 300 shows. I started around like uh, the higher number and then I started like slowing down. And, um, especially when I would do, um, like, and I, and I love this challenge. I'll do like, I did one weekend, we did five countries. Um, in, in a weekend hours. Yeah. So if we did five shows in five countries in 40 hours. So, yeah. So like, you know, and, and I'm, I, and, and, you know, my shows are very physical. Um, they're also very methodical. Like I have to be able to, I can't just go on cruise control. Um, you know, I have to be very engaged, uh, with the audience and, and as much as like, you know, when it is, is a concert show, I'm not changing up my sets all that much to, you know, like what you would do at a club. Like if like, oh, people aren't feeling the vibe, I'm going to play a different genre. I mean, I, I am playing Steve Aoki music set. So like it's like I'm not having to veer off too much, um, you know, with my thinking cap on on how to do that. But I have to use my thinking cap a lot as far as engagement on how to how i'm going to like convince everyone to be totally you know totally all together so like i remember like that particular tour and whenever i hit whenever i i'm, I'm, I'm doing these like crazy festival runs where, where i'm doing multiple countries in a weekend um you know the sleep like it's clear because i'm not getting the sleep because i am like taking these these like miniature naps on the plane I was sleeping on the plane and then we land and boom, we're heading right to the festival. Um, by the fourth or fifth show, I'm like, I, I know my set's a little off. You know, I, my energy levels waned, you know. Um, What's the longest you've ever gone while, while, while gigging without, you know, more than a four to three to four hours, you know, stretch of sleep? Um, I mean, like... The, these tours, especially the summertime, this is like the first, this is the first summer in 15 years wow. that I've, I've like not played shows like this, you know, cause like, uh, you know, there's, there are times during the year seasonally that I do like more weekend warrior runs where we do like Thursday to Sunday. And then we have Monday through Wednesday and I'm usually in the studio. Um, and I'm not sleeping either. Cause like studios, studio time is a late night session. That's interesting. So, so do yeah. you find, cause I, one of the things I know about you is your creativity seems to come more at night sometimes than it does yeah. during the day. So do you also find that to be the case with you as well? Is that like your creativity time is two o'clock in the morning type of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just I'm so I've been so used to to uh, that schedule that you know you know it's like yeah we I do have day sessions I definitely do have day sessions but when I'm working alone or from working uh, with one artist it's generally nighttime but when I'm working with a group like if I do a songwriting camp 
then then we have it scheduled in the day you know so it's like you know you have to be kind of you know malleable there but yeah i mean when i like touring at that pace and and you know especially summertime when i'm hitting the road really hard it's it's a nap it's a nap thing it's a nap thing for for like weeks on for like maybe 3 to 4 weeks but the but at the end the first first or two weeks of just doing naps I, you can deal with it but like th- the third or fourth week i mean agitation starts coming out little things bother you more um you you start being like just less tolerable on on like little things and and then and then like you could tell like because we're all on the same schedule the team that i travel with so like like you know fights get are getting picked out and and we're like okay we gotta take a little break and luckily we switch out the teams so they like they don't like get on everyone's nerves but it's clear that like like the, the human mind can and body can deal with it for for like you know around two to three weeks and then it starts going downhill i'm the only one that stays on the road maybe my tour manager as well and then like the 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 other the other members might switch out just so that they don't kill them kill each other you know i've I've just been more like you know hardened you know because i've been doing it for so long you know 15 years 250 shows like on average a year i mean it's um, it's kind of like you're a professional athlete dude i mean you and I have talked about this. I mean, you're really good about keeping your body solid and you're lean and you're good about your nutrition. I mean, you really are. I mean, in every sense of the word, you're an athlete because you're traveling like an athlete. You have to perform like an athlete in front of crowds like an athlete. I mean, there's all of these things. So so help us understand what happens. It's you're four weeks in. You've been napping your ass off and you are exhausted and you're walking up to the stage thinking, what do I do now? Because I'm tired. Like what's going on in that head of yours? Or does, does the music just kind of take over? Hey, here's the thing. It's like my, it, it, it's, 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 it's a bit of like a Cinderella effect because when I get on stage, my adrenaline is, is peaking. Oh, got it. And, and like, it's like the show is the drug, Yeah, you know, totally. So fortunately, like I, I, I'm addicted to that drug. That's the one drug I'm like heavily addicted to is like the engagement with the crowd, the, the live experience being on stage is what I absolutely, I'm just was like born to do, you know, just born to be a performer entertainer. So, um, when I get on a stage, even when I have, when I'm like, literally like I've gone to stage with the eye mask on my mouth wide open. <laughs> And literally they open the door and the stage is right there. The crowd's yelling, Aoki, Aoki, Aoki. And I'm still passed out in the car and they're like shaking me. Steve, you're on in 45 seconds. You need to wake up. And I literally have to go like slap myself, slap myself. And then right when I get on the stage, I'm still like, you know, my eyes are like half creaked open. But after about 10 minutes, I am like, I'm fully engaged. The hard part for me, Michael, is is what I get off stage and then I do that Cinderella effect of like when the pumpkin, the pumpkin carriage, like the carriage turns into a pumpkin and like, I don't have my slippers anymore. And I'm just like a walking zombie through the, the whole other part of my life. And then I'm, that's when I'm like, I need to call it the sleep doctor right now <laughs> on how to regulate so I can be normal when I'm not on stage. That's the hard part. Being on stage is like, for some reason I can, I could turn on. I've learned that one, but the other part of like being the, the walking zombie during the touring part, 
um you know like and i want to be like i want to be friendly easygoing i don't want to be like like uh don't bother me i'm too tired like i don't know what's going on or i'm not completely there you know um and like i'm way it's just different now during COVID that i've been sleeping seven hours six to eight hours every single day and i'm just like i'm i'm on on it like through the day on tour it's like i'm only on it in these spurts these moments when the camera's lights are flashing boom i'm on but when when they're off i'm like a zombie and then i take the nap and i'm like like you know it's like very routine mechanical like that so are you going to be like the stones? Are you just going to keep going and going and going? Or is there like, where does like, do you think sleep is going to be that thing that helps continue to allow you to, to keep entertaining it? Because I mean, honestly, dude, I've seen you, you know, on, on your documentaries at shows and it's, it's your lifeblood. Like it's who you are as a human. So help us understand, like, you're going to keep doing this because you're going to, you're going to keep getting good sleep, right? Yeah, I mean, here here's another thing I wanted to mention too is like I I you know, you get you get inspired by other artists that are in the same world and they and they do something that like you wish you you think is not possible. Like for me in my world I'm like I I don't think it's possible to be to get normal amounts of sleep that that people can get cuz I'm touring it the way the way I'm touring, right? But then I like I yeah, I heard about I don't know if this is necessarily true or if this is like an urban legend and he's my friend so I should ask him but one 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 of the the whispers that that got back to me was that Jared Leto sleeps he 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 doesn't let anyone bother him when he's sleeping his sleep is very important to him now like once again I don't know if that's necessarily the truth but it sure does sound true it sure, it sure doesn't sound factual because I know him enough where like there's certain things that are very important to his his uh health and he's you know he's he's very like he's he's like cares about his nutrition he's very fit for his age he's like you know he just takes good care of himself so, so when are I you heard gonna be that, that guy when I yeah when I heard that I was like that's that's an inspiration to me because like that guy works hard like acting and and shooting films and and being so creative but at the same time like touring with 30 seconds of mars and and he's a hard-working guy he's always in the studio he's always working on stuff so it just makes me like go i need to do this more and then talking to you and you know like getting closer with you as a friend and like learning all your tips and tricks I'm like i can do that too you know i know i could be optimal more optimal right if you if you get that kind of sleep and you know reading your book and talking to you about like you know like where my whole thing fits uh i forgot what it's called but like your chronotype your chronotype that's right the chronotype where that sits and how much sleep you need to sleep for your chronotype um is is kind of helping structure that discipline because that's another thing too that i want to mention is that when you tour at that level you can't you have to have discipline you you can't just be like i love music i love <laughs> right. like yeah that DJing. that shit isn't gonna work i love it yeah yeah you're like it's passion is gonna drive me 100 percent. if you have no structure or discipline you're just gonna fall into the temptations of all the things that like pull you to the side and either burn you out or quite possibly kill you so it, it's uh if you need to have the discipline for me just like you said like i definitely treat my 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 mind and my body um, like an athlete and I have to do certain things to maintain longevity and the stamina because 
Yes, I I don't know if I'll DJ till I'm in my mid seventies like the Rolling Stones, <laughs> but, but I do plan on performing for as long as people want to see uh, this guy throw a cake in their face at a sh- at one of my shows. <laughs> Absolutely, and, <laughs> you know? and people do. One of these days, we're gonna have to get you like a cake launcher or something, <laughs> you know? Because I mean, I mean, you you're you you throw your whole body into this thing, dude. Like, I mean, I've watched it happen. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a, it's a definitely a fun part of the show, and I, I mean that's the that's the most important thing about why I love to do what I do is because it's fun, it's engaging, people love it, it's unique, um, and and like it gives me this purpose and value going back to like you know this contribution to you know a world that I love, electronic dance music and the and the culture and the community that's part of it. I just like, you know, being able to be a contributor to this, this world that I love is, is like by far one of the main reasons why I, you know, I'm in the studio so much as well. So Steve, this, this brings up a really, so first of all, thank you for that. That, that helps us understand kind of where you're coming from. And I, 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 yeah. I appreciate that because um, your artistry is legendary. You know, when you start to look at that kind of universe, you know, people like the Jared Leto's of the world and things like that, by the way, we should probably ask him to be on the show. Um, you know, like who are some of the other people that you, that you have looked up to in your universe and, and some of the things that they've taught you, because, you know, people want to know, I mean, your level of success is incredible. What, what are some of those people that you strive that, that you want to mentor you? Um, I mean, the first, the first electronic act that really was eye-opening, huge aspiration to me, um, and, and something that really, uh, defied what djs could do was daft punk so like the mid 2000s well actually like 2007 they came out with a tour um starting at with uh coachella it was called the Alive tour where they they built this led pyramid and they're like standing at the top of this pyramid doing this full led incredibly performative show that no other dj has has done and they were able to rival like the biggest acts at Coachella drawing more people to their show than, than like the more obvious uh, famous acts that were playing and, and electronic music was not at that level yet. And DJs never drew at that level, nor, nor did DJs even put on a show with that kind of production. So like when I saw that and I saw these two guys and, and you know, these bands are performing and these rock stars are running around the stage and all kinds of outfits and doing all kinds of like performance entertainment, right? Well, you just like that, that, that was something that DJs weren't, weren't doing, you know? And, and, and here's a strange thing is that Daft Punk was even doing that. They were just standing there, not like nodding their heads, you know, with these, like these, these helmets on, like made you feel like they're from a different planet and they're barely moving yet. You're so captivated by this live show and you're so captivated by like how they put together this whole stage production, the LED and like the music that was intertwined that it's like, hey, wow, you just open up a whole door to electronic music that no one's ever seen before. And now DJs started thinking about production and being on that big scale stage and it opened the doorway. So like a lot of other artists started doing that, like Justice was in 2008. They their their whole backstage plot was just Marshall half stacks and their sound was very rock, but you know, I had that kind of punk rock vibe. And then um, I started doing my stage production in 2009 at Coachella 
I mean, my stage production was $4,000 and it was like, <laughs> you know, it was like, it was very small, but it was my, the start, right? the start for me to think like that. And, and like Skrillex was another artist that, that brought a whole new element to electronic music and brought in this different layer of production to his shows and made a whole entertainment value that, that other DJs, uh, you know, in the space weren't doing. So it's like, when I think of artists that do that, that think about outside the box, what kind of, what kind of experience can I give to people? Um, that's not just musical, you know, cause it is like when you go see a show, it's not just a musical experience. It's, it's not just auditory. It's, it's like sensory, overload you know you want to feel everything you want to see you want to feel you know you want to hear and and in my shows you also you can taste because you have the cake going at you too so you know you just want to continue to um like for me i just want to continue to evolve advance my shows um you know i started doing the cakes throwing cakes uh in 2011 and 2020 and that's one thing that's never changed. It's like one of the the pillars of my show. But I want to keep adding more and more and make it more fun. Like my last tour uh, that got halted because of COVID, I brought a foam pit um, on, on tour. So on the stage, um, certain fans would come up and they can jump into you know a replica of the Aoki's Playhouse foam pit in my house. Yeah, because you know? I was going to say, I think I've jumped into that foam pit in your house um, a couple of times myself. Yeah. I think oh, yeah, I even you, do a, yeah. did a flip into it. I, I think. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like I want my shows to be unique right. and fun, you know, and like have different elements that other shows don't have. And and whenever artists think outside the box and 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 provide some something new to the whole community, it's it's like that saying that like all like what's that saying it's like if if there's more um the, the waters all rise together right. all tides yeah. all boats rise with that tide yes exactly and it's like like everyone is thinking outside the box more and more now um not just about the show but about music and collaborations and uh you know and that's another thing that's another reason why i love doing collaborations outside of the world like working with bts or working with daddy yankee and maluma or working with you know artists that that speak a different language that dance a different way that, you know, that have a whole different style to them too. Yeah. I, I love that fact about you, that you are so inclusive of so many different types of music um, because it took you so long to find your voice. You know, when I right. read your book blue, uh, which by the way, I recommend to everybody, if you are having you. any interest in getting into music and want to hear an amazing backstory of a voice that was hidden for far too fucking long, and it's finally out there now. You got to read Blue. This thing is amazing. I read it cover to cover and the pictures are cool. And I love the old <laughs> pickle patch pictures and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So it's it's super amazing. If you guys want to learn more about Steve, obviously, uh, when are you going to start touring again? Do you have any ideas about that? Do you know when that's going to happen? Um, no shows in America. I mean, there's such an uptick on COVID. Like, I don't know when that's going to happen here. But um, I do have a show scheduled in Japan in September. Well, I hope, crossing my fingers, that that you know, like it's still safe and they're, they're still going to go go through with the show. But I, but like just seeing the statistics in Japan and statistics in other countries that have been have been like you know very careful about the spread and wearing masks and and doing the whole nine yards to make sure that the the curve is truly flattened. It's it's obviously working. It's clearly working. So, you know, if America kind of, uh, uh, you know, follows the same suit, 
you know, and like if like if everyone would wear masks and like and when they go out and and they they abide by that, like they can we could curve this thing. We can like literally curve this thing like these other countries have been doing around the world. So yeah, Japan will be my next show. And uh I'm very excited to go back out there and, and do that. So now that you've had an opportunity to actually catch up on your sleep, right? Because you've been you've been kind of stuck there, right? For a while. And now you guys are sleeping yeah. like crazy. You're right on the money. What are you going to do differently that, that you think as the tour picks back up? And I know working with me and I'm going to be teaching you a couple of cool jet lag <laughs> things. But what do you see? Do you see a, a, a different attitude now? Because you haven't had a break like this in 15 friggin years, dude. So yeah, yeah. so what are you going to what are you going to take? What learnings are you going to take? from being quarantined about your sleep in particular, and also about your music, about life. Like what have you learned during quarantine that you feel now can help you moving forward? I mean, it, it's like incredible how I feel through the day. You know, like I think the, the more important thing is like what, I, how I'm feeling off stage. That's how like the, the, the best way for me to like really see it because when I'm on stage, I, I can figure it out. And it's only a short period of time, but when I'm off stage, it's a, it's a large part of the day and it's a large part of my productivity that's that, that goes away. And, you know, I was okay with it when I was touring because it's just like, I can't stop the train anyways. So I'm very difficult to stop the train when you have six months booked out and, and, um, and I'm calling you for advice or help. And I'm like, well, there's no way to stop the train. So I have to just make these move small movements that you know that don't really change that much uh because um like i still have to only i can only do these naps you know what i mean um so i i have to figure like what that means to me like why if that's really important to me like i don't want to be a walking zombie you know what i mean so that's uh that's been like what's been great about this COVID is that my days are extremely efficient very optimal um and all my other businesses I'm working on are getting a lot more attention, a lot more feedback. It, it's just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm in my prime, like outside of touring. So um, I'm going to have to like, you know, reassemble the way, you know, I, I kind of arrange my, my, my days and, and treat it with that importance, you know, like to really sleep and like go, all right, guys, even if it's tough, because that's the thing. It's like, I'll give myself that time. But if I hit another country, um, I, I wake up halfway through my, my time allotted to sleep. So, so here's, so are you committing to me, Steve Aoki, that you're going to actually get better sleep on the road coming in the future? That's the goal, right? All right. That's all I wanted to hear was that's the goal. I got it here live recorded, dude. I'm going to play it back for you like a hundred times. Okay. All right. Perfect. <laughs> all right. With our last minute, um, Here's what we're going to do is we're going to go through the chrono quiz. You're going to answer, if you're cool with it, answer all the questions so everybody can understand yeah, it, your yeah. chronotype and, and figure it, figure that out for themselves. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So true or false, the slightest sound or light can keep me awake or wake me up. The slightest sound of, of the slightest sound or light. Can yes. Wake me up. Um, Are you a light sleeper? I, uh, No. Okay. False. No, if I'm asleep, I'm like, I'm like, it could be bright and like, you know, got it. My girlfriend does this to me every morning. She like, just like stomps around the room. Like I'm like, still asleep. I'm like, she might like brush her teeth and zzz, I'm like asleep. So I'm good. All right. Is food a great passion for you? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. I'd say yes. Yeah. I usually wake up before my alarm rings. True or false? I don't have an alarm, but no. Uh, you know what? My alarm is human. Yeah. <laughs> so do I wake up before then? Um, when I'm getting good sleep, yes, I wake up before then. When I'm not, I am definitely not. Got it. So I don't know how to answer that. Like, Okay. I, I think this one is good. I can't sleep well on airplanes, even with an eye mask and earplugs. That would be false for you. You seem to be able no, to do I, Yeah. I slept like, for example, I slept really, really good last night. I got on a plane today and, and I still passed out because once I put the noise cancellation. Right. Phones, right. I, it's like you're trained. I was just like, I'm tired. I'm just like, well, I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you often irritable due to fatigue? True or false? Uh, if I'm fatigued, yes, I'm irritable. Yeah. Do you worry inordinately about small details? True or false? Um, sometimes. I don't know. All right. We'll say true. I, so, yeah. I have yeah. been diagnosed by my doctor or self-diagnosed as an insomniac. True or false? I'm not an insomniac. I agree. Um, in school, I was anxious about my grades. True or false? Ah. Uh, um uh, what college college i, I mean yeah um no yeah, you true. weren't just admit no? it false <laughs> okay false i lose sleep ruminating about what happened in the past and what might happen in the future are you a warrior true or false no I'm not a i don't think you are at all no. uh, i am a perfectionist i'm just going to answer that one for you that is true <laughs> you are dude you're always a perfectionist <laughs> about your music about your fashion about all of those yeah, things like okay, you're right. you're to the nines. <laughs> um, all right. Multiple choice question now. Yeah. If you had nothing to do the next day and gave yourself permission to sleep in as long as you would like, what time would you wake up? Before what 630, time? between 630 and 845, after 845. After 845. Yeah, I know. Um, when you have to get out of bed <laughs> by a certain time, do you use an alarm clock? No need. You wake up on your own just the right time. Yes, an alarm with one, with no or one snooze. Yes, an alarm with a backup alarm and multiple snoozes. Wait, what was the first part of the question? No need for an alarm. I wake up on my own at just about the right time. Okay. Um, well, uh, yes to an I alarm with I... no or one snooze. Yes to an alarm with multiple Wait, snoozes. Wait, one snooze. I'll do one snooze. I think that's about right. Yeah. I, when you wake up on the weekends, uh, do you wake up at the same time as you do during the week, within 45 minutes of during the week, or 90 minutes or more past your work week schedule, which is kind of weird because uh, you don't really have one? Yeah, I'd say 45 minutes. Yep. Okay. Give or take. Yeah. Uh, yes, you experience jet lag. I'm going to put that one. Oh, what is your favorite meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Think time of day uh, more than actually menu. Um, dinner. Okay. That's what dinner. I thought. If you were to flash back to high school and take the SAT again, when would you oh, prefer God. to take it? When would you prefer to start to take it? I know this is traumatic. I didn't mean to bring up a traumatic yeah. <laughs> experience, but would you yeah. rather take a test in the early morning, in the early afternoon, or in the mid to afternoon to later evening? Mid afternoon. Yeah. If you could choose any time of day to do an intense physical workout, 8 a.m., 8 to 4, uh, later than 4. Later than 4. Yep. Uh, when are you the most alert? Four to six hours after you've woken up, two to four hours after you've woken up, one to two hours after you've woken up. Four to six. Yep. If you could choose your own five-hour workday where you only had to work for five hours a day, 
Which of these blocks would you like to do it in? 4 a.m. to 9 a.m., 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. I know. Um, do you <laughs> consider yourself to be left-brained analytical thinker, right-brained creative thinker? Oh, I mean, clearly right-brained. I am left-handed too, so. Oh, I'm that's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, you've already answered this question. Uh, okay, here we go. Reading uh, regarding your overall health, which statement sounds like you? I make healthy choices most of the time. I make healthy choices sometimes. Um, I'm not the healthiest of choice makers. The, the first one. Yeah, I think so too. What is your comfort level with taking risk? Uh, it, well, what's the multiple choice? One, Low, ten, medium, or high? Uh, um, well, it depends on the risk. But calculate risk, high. Yeah. All right. Um, not not reckless risk. No, I agree. Risk. I understand. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you consider yourself to be future oriented, to be um, informed about the past and hopeful for the future, but live in the moment? Or do you have a feeling you like to be present oriented only? I'm definitely future oriented. Yeah. I agree. And how would you characterize yourself as a student? Stellar, solid, or slacker? Uh, middle one. Solid. When you first wake up in the morning, are you bright-eyed? Are you dazed and confused? Are you groggy eyelids made of cement? Uh, middle. Okay. How would you describe your appetite within half an hour of waking up? Are you very hungry, hungry, or not hungry at all? I'm not hungry at all yeah. when I wake up. And how often do you suffer from insomnia? Rarely, occasionally, I mean, or chronically? Uh, insomnia, rarely. Okay. It's only, only when I hit jet lag. Got it. And how would you describe your overall life satisfaction? High, good, or low? Life satisfaction is high. Yep. Perfect. So we are going to, I will, I, you took the quiz online, but I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to announce to everybody what your email address is because <laughs> that wouldn't be very fair to you. So what I am going to do, though, is I'm going to send you what you are. All right. So Good we'll be able to get that done. Okay. So it turns out that you're what's called a bear. Now, normally I would have expected you to be a wolf like me because you're such a night owl. But I think yeah. what's going on is you're actually a late bear because you have a very positive attitude. Most people who are wolves like me at night Unfortunately, we have a tendency to be much more negative and we take a lot more risks and you have a tendency to be very, very positive. So I think that's why you fell into this category. But I would say that you are like most people, except for the fact that you absolutely like to stay up late at night. And that seems to be where you get a lot of your energy and things like that. Would you say that's I, accurate? hundred percent accurate because I am definitely way more positive. I'm not like just like I think of myself as a very positive outlook. Glass half full. Absolutely, or, you are. Or, or, or overwhelmingly full, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So here's what we want everybody to do. So first of all, I can't thank you enough for doing this podcast and teaching people what it's like to be Steve Aoki and on the road and sleeping. That is certainly not an easy task. And for folks out there who want to learn more about your upcoming tour dates and uh, your music, where can they find out more information about you? Um, yeah, well, everything's at Steve Aoki. Um, I actually, uh, have a phone number. You can, uh, you can text me at, um, you could text me at, give me a second. Let me, let me, Perfect. Uh, text me at 
340-7892. You got that, everybody? And I will text you back. So Steve Aoki could be texting you and you can even ask him questions about jet lag and sleep because he's an expert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Absolutely. Well, again, Steve, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and using sleep in such a positive way to help further your career and further your success. You're definitely an inspiration to me. You're also my friend um, and I admire you and I appreciate you so, so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank for, you, Michael. Oh, of course. And for folks out there, you know, who want to learn more, check out Steve Aoki at steveaoki.com. Check him out on Facebook, on Instagram. He does some really cool stuff. Wow. That was a fascinating interview. And, you know, there's some some real takeaways there. I mean, I get it. Steve is running around the country or the world rather, and he's got jet lag and he's got all these things that come with it. But I know that I've learned a few things from Steve Aoki. One of the things I think that I've got a tremendous amount of respect for is that he now thinks that sleep is important. I mean, let's be honest, the guy had a documentary that said, I'll sleep when I'm dead. So any changes in that department have been very positive, I would say. Um, But I think Steve has a healthy respect for sleep. And here's the things that he does that I think we can all learn from is number one, he takes his pillow with him wherever he goes. If you're traveling for more than three days, this is definitely something that I recommend. Number two, he is a napper. Now, I'm not a big fan of naps for everybody, but of course, in his situations, it makes a lot of sense. If you're trying to catch up on sleep, a 25-minute nap, similar to what Steve does, makes a lot of sense as well. And then uh, number three for me was this whole idea that he had a Cinderella effect. So he was literally almost a zombie before he goes on. Then he gets on stage, he does his thing, and then he comes off again. And so that's really where he gets his invigoration and his drive from. So knowing where you get that drive from, I think, is also an important, important aspect to creativity and who you are as a human. Steve Aoki really taught us quite a few things, but I would say napping, bringing your pillow, and knowing who you are as a human are the three things that I got from that interview. And with that, let's get to the mailbag and answer a few questions. And remember, any questions that you have, just email me at drbreus at thesleepdoctor.com. That's drbreus at thesleepdoctor.com. I'm looking for smart and interesting inquiries, so do me a favor and send me some good questions. All right, let's start out with Jenny from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Jenny asks, my routine has gotten pretty messed up due to COVID. I was wondering, are there some ways that I can sleep better when my routine has basically disappeared? You know what? You're absolutely right. There's a lot of things that have kind of been going on. So one of the first things that I like to talk about with people um, when their routine has kind of gone out the window is they really should look at, if anything else, their wake up time. So what does that mean? That means waking up at the same time every single day. That, if you do one thing, that's the anchor. That's the thing that keeps your entire sleep um, cycle in progress. And that's really what you want to do. If you're looking for two things to do in order to snap yourself back, besides positively getting yourself out of bed at the same time every day, including the weekends, is set aside 60 minutes, um, 90 if you've got the time for what I call your power down hour. So remember that hour before bed, sleep's not just an on-off switch. You need to give yourself a little bit of runway in order to get there. So take that last hour and take the first 20 minutes and do things you just got to do. The next 20 minutes for hygiene, 
and the final 20 minutes for some form of meditation or relaxation. If you look at just those two things, waking up at the same time every day and doing a power down hour, this will absolutely positively help you during times without a routine. If you're interested in more information, head on over to thesleepdoctor.com and check out my blog that tells you even more tips of things that you can do. Next is Marco from Orlando, Florida. And Marco asks about melatonin. Marco asks, Dr. Bruce, I've seen different dosages of melatonin in all the different bottles. And honestly, I have no idea what to use. Help! With a big exclamation point. Uh, So Marco, first of all, let's talk a bit about melatonin and let's talk about what it is and what it does. Remember everyone, melatonin is not an herb or a supplement. Melatonin is a hormone. It is not regulated by the FDA, but in many countries, it's actually by prescription only. So this is something that we need to be very careful with, especially when we're using. To be clear, I do not, I repeat, I do not recommend melatonin in children, uh, male or female under the age of 18. Again, this is a hormone. We do not know what the long-term effects are on the reproductive system. Looking at melatonin, what's the right dose is usually the biggest question, and that's the one that uh, Marco seemed to have. First of all, remember that based on the data out of MIT, we see that somewhere between a half and one and a half milligrams is all that is required to get your plasma concentration levels up so that way it's affecting your circadian rhythm. So again, somewhere between a half and one and a half milligrams. The other thing to really remember here is that melatonin takes some time to start working in your brain. So you need a good 90 minutes uh, for it to actually kick into gear. So you should take it 90 minutes before lights out. Big thing to remember here is melatonin does not initiate sleep like a sleeping pill. What melatonin does is it tells your body it's time for bed. Turns out those are two very separate things inside your body. And finally, we've got Lauren from London, England. And Lauren says, Dr. Bruce, I've been looking and there are a ton of supplements out there. And I've never taken supplements for sleep before. And I just don't know where to start. What should I do? Well, Lauren, I'm here to tell you that when I look at supplementation for a lot of people that I work with, the very first thing that we look at is magnesium and vitamin D. We really want to make sure that what your body is supposed to have in it is doing exactly what you need it to do every single day. So what I look at is magnesium, and I have my patients taking somewhere between 250 and 300 milligrams of magnesium in the evening. Sometimes they take it as a powder form. Um, And then vitamin D, I'm asking my patients to take somewhere between um, 4,000 and 5,000 international units each morning. Now remember, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, so you may want to take it with some food, like maybe some guacamole or avocado. Um, And so Enjoy your circadian rhythmicity because that is what's going to happen when you're taking vitamin D and enjoy a calming, relaxing evening because that's what's going to help you with magnesium. So Lauren from London, I would start and look at see if you're deficient in either magnesium and vitamin D. And if so, that's where I would start. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you know anyone you think might have a fascinating sleep story and make for a tremendous guest, please send me an email at drbruce at thesleepdoctor.com. That's D-R-B-R-E-U-S at thesleepdoctor.com. If you want more information, feel free to visit my website, thesleepdoctor.com. Sleep Success is a Mant Bros production and executive produced by Michael Mant. I hope you learned something new to help you live better. Until next time, sweet dreams.